Welcome back, faithful, to another episode of the 49er Way Podcast. The Niners coming off of two convincing wins against the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football and last Sunday against the Carolina Panthers on the road in a 37-15 shellacking, which ended up leading to Matt Rule getting fired for the Carolina Panthers. We will talk about that game, talk about the Rams game as well. The Niners' defense is looking very good over the last two weeks, really this entire season. We'll talk about that as well. Jimmy Garoppolo's finally looking good again. Tevin Coleman coming back. He had a big game. We'll talk about that as well. And we will look ahead to the Niners week six matchup against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday in week six. We'll also talk injuries. The injury bugs getting a little hectic with Nick Bosa going down. Emmanuel Mosley gone for the year. We'll talk about that as well. So keep a lot. Got a lot of 49ers football to talk about. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. The Niners are rolling. They've won two in a row, and they are headed to Atlanta next as the Niners look as if they're finally hitting their stride, even with the injury bug kind of hitting them in the behind right now. But we'll get more into that as well. But more importantly, the Niners are sitting 3-2 and two atop the NFC West. Welcome back to the 49 Away Podcast, friends. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy, another week, another... NFL week in the books, week five. Now we're headed into week six. Starting to get a good feel for every team now. It is we're getting into already October. I mean, it's, it's crazy how quick the NFL regular season goes every single year. But the good news is the Niners are looking much, much more to who they are as a team and who we've known them to be with two very convincing wins over the Rams and the Panthers over the last two weeks. Um, Chevy, how's it going? I think we're definitely a lot more encouraged this time around than the last time we came on the pod after that horrendous loss to the Broncos, but definitely things are looking a lot better for the squad right now. Oh yeah, two very important wins for the Niners. You knew they were going to make a statement against the Rams. That's what Shanahan does in the regular season against McVay. And of course, there's Debo who made that statement. And then, you know, you went into Carolina and you made them fire their head coach. That's how brutal that game was for them. Uh, You know, the defense, as we've said, it's looked very good this entire year. Uh, Injuries are a bit concerning now, but we'll get to that later. But the offense is where the high Highlighted. Jimmy Garoppolo did not throw an interception, which is a great sign because when Jimmy G doesn't turn the ball over, Jimmy G is money. He has those short throws that get you going. And the big thing, the run game, the run game was something that we, you know, we haven't seen so much of, especially uh, when Elijah Mitchell went down, but the run game was back. Jeff Wilson Jr. was looking good. Tevin Coleman made his uh, return to the faithful and man it was really nice to see him back in action it was just a good overall game against you know a pretty poor team in the Carolina Panthers and now the Niners are the sole number one in the NFC West and hold that division lead by one game yeah we can we can go back to the to the Rams game real quick because we didn't get a chance to really recap that game last week I thought this was again I, I really don't know what it is about the Niners when they play the Rams, but it just always seems to bring out the best in this football team. Every single time for the past three years, now four, when the Niners needed a win and their backs were against the wall, they always seem to show up against the Rams, whether it's been home or away, it hasn't mattered. This is now seven consecutive regular season wins and we're going to see them again in two weeks. So we're going to be right back in this conversation 
um, in a few weeks when the Niners head back to SoFi. But, I mean, the, the, that was a heck of a game. Like you said, the offense looked great. They ran the football well, and then Hofunga finished it off in style. Um, but the Niners looked good. They they really did 24-9 to in this one, and they got the job done. And then to this past Sunday's game against Carolina, this was exactly what we thought they were going to do. I mean, thank God. I mean, this the thing is, this is what this team should have done against Chicago and Denver, but they didn't. And it is what it is. And at the end of the day, look, I'll take three and two more than two and three or one and four any day of the week. The fact is that they're playing good football. They're overcoming the injuries because the injury bug has not been pretty over the first five weeks. They're overcoming that. And they're in first place in the NFC West. I don't have much to complain about here, honestly. And the, and just really just hoping that we can stay afloat for the next few weeks and hope that a lot of these guys can come back healthy. Because if they can, if we're healthy, which obviously right now, it's not if we're not healthy in October and November, but we're still staying afloat, that's good. What matters is if we're staying afloat and we're getting healthier in December and January, that's ultimately what matters down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. Although the big thing it is concerning for what seems like the sixth or seventh straight year in a row, the Niners are faced with injury concerns. You know, it really questions the injury staff that we have, the training staff we have, the strength and conditioning coach. Are we overworking our players? Why is it the fact that we seem to be the most injured team in the league? Sure, there's a bit of luck on every every uh, scenario, but clearly there is a problem when we're consistently, I believe I saw something where top 10 uh, in injuries for the past six, seven years. That, that, that shows you, like, that can't happen, and, and it's happening again. And we're seeing, you know, we're, we lost an impact corner in Emmanuel Mosley. That was a huge loss. Bosa got injured. Robbie Gold got injured, although that was, you know, more of a hit that injured him. But, you know, we're losing players left, right, and center, and it's really going to leave an impact on this team. The good news for the Emmanuel Mosley injuries, it sounds like Jason Verrett may be uh, – able to play but if not you know we do have good young rookie corner or rookie slash sophomore cornerbacks in Demo, Ambry Thomas and Sam Womack that will help uh replace Mosley but that's a massive loss he played great <clears throat> he's played great this entire season the first five weeks and especially with that pick six against Carolina 41 yards to the house there you know replacing Eman's really tough so I feel like the, the team needs to do something about the training staff. You won't probably see it until the offseason if they do make a move. But I think it's about time they make a move with this training staff. I mean, sure, you can say that. I mean, I think it was after the 2020 season. I think they literally fired the whole training staff and here we are having the same issue. Um, that's definitely one problem or the other the other reason as to why the Niners are so injured, and again, this may or may not be a hot take, but I I saw a take that that which literally was this whole thing of what I'm about to say, and I was like, why is that actually low-key kind of true? And that's the fact that this is just the way the 49ers team is constructed by John Lynch. They're filled with stars who have been injury-prone and have a history of being injured. You literally look around the team, and it literally said, like, Elijah Mitchell has played two seasons now and I don't know much about him as a rookie in college but he's been dinged up two years in a row clearly there was a thing there Raheem Moster before he dipped for Miami got injured almost every single year that he's been an NFL pro Debo Samuel 
same thing. The way he plays, he's prone to get hurt often. George Kittle, same thing. Trent Williams, before they brought him in, he also got dinged up quite often in Washington. Jimmy Garoppolo got dinged up quite often in New England. You look around, Nick Bosa, even dating back to Ohio State, got dinged up often. I don't think it's coincidence, Chevy, that that this uh, happens based off of how the team has been constructed. Uh, and now, I don't necessarily believe that a ton, but the more it happens, the more I'm like, it could be true. But no doubt, the training staff, of course, they got to get their shit together. Like, they are they are professionals at their job. They got to figure this out. You're dealing with pros, um, pro athletes. But something's got to change, but that could be a take out there, man. I, I disagree. You know, I think injury prone is kind of a wishy-washy term. Yes, some players are more prone to injury given their past injury history. But at the same point, I think it's a team and the team can avoid it. One thing, you look at the Rams. I'm not saying we have to do exactly what the Rams do. But for some reason, the Rams are freakishly healthy under Sean McVay. They've had a obviously a good strength and conditioning system, a good training staff, and they haven't dealt with many injuries in their uh, you know tenure under McVeigh. So I do think while it could be injury prone, I do think it has to do with potentially coaching in the training staff. But you know, enough with that. Clearly, the injuries are going to impact us, and it's impacted us in the past. But the Niners have had a great mentality of next man up, and that's exactly what we're going to do. But even with, you know, the injuries to the defensive line, we didn't see the line skip a beat. You know, we had six sacks last week. We had seven sacks the week before, four the week before that. This defense, and specifically the defensive line, has been feasting, and they're going to continue to feast even if you don't have a guy like Nick Bosa in there. Oh, no question. The story of the first five weeks of the 49ers 2022 season has been the depth. And if anyone wants to say anything otherwise, then that's up to them. But the depth is the real reason why the 49ers are being able to stay afloat right now. And look at the defense again, bringing in a guy like Tayshawn Gibson two, three weeks before the season, not even, it was like a week or two before the season started. That has come up clutch knowing one, you knew Jimmy Ward was going to miss the first four weeks. Now he's going to miss more due to this broken hand that what are the odds that that happens on literally the first play of scrimmage? Like that's just honestly horrible luck for the dude. Um, you look at the defensive line. Like I said, Javon Kinlaw's dinged up again. Eric Armstead, who's been healthy his entire career until now, he's now missing games. Our defensive line has been amazing. The dad and we we've been talking about it all off season long is how how good our defensive line like it is a deep room that we have on D line. Same with linebacker and our secondary, like we talked about. This is the deepest secondary room we've had in years. And it's and it's showing that, man. When, you're, when your third guy on the depth chart is a guy that started in the NFC Championship game in Ambry Thomas, something, something's doing good. You know what I'm saying? And having Jason Verrett back there, like, Emmanuel Mosley going down was horrible. Like, it was literally, it was literally absolutely horrible. Not only for the fact that he's a starting corner, it was the way he was playing. Like, it wasn't just like, oh, one of our starters goes down, that sucks. It was, no, it was, Emmanuel Mosley was playing the best ball of his career. Mm -hmm. This dude was playing at a pro bowl. Let Him and Traverius Ward were putting the clamps down on every single dude. And the only reason why Cooper Cup had his way is because, like you you literally called it when we previewed the Rams game, he was going to get a lot of demo. And that's exactly what happened. Mm -hmm. No offense to demo. Demo did phenomenal in that game. He was awesome. But you put Traverius Ward 
or Emmanuel Moza on Cooper Cup, I don't think he gets 12 catches. Cooper Cup's still going to do his thing because it doesn't matter who the hell you put on him. The dude's still going to find a way to get 10 catches and 100 yards because he's Cooper Cup. But the way Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley were playing was at a ridiculously high level. Like very, very, very elite football. And Charvarius Ward is still doing that. Charvarius Ward has been outstanding. But to lose Emmanuel Mosley because of how well he was playing sucks. And I feel horrible for him and I feel horrible for D'Amico Ryans because the secondary was brutal. But that's what I mean when you have a guy playing that good go down and you're sitting there like, nah, I think we'll be all right. That is really, really good depth and that's really good general. Man, I got to say, John Lynch, he's done a lot of really, 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 really great things and a lot of really, really bad things. But this offseason... At times, we kind of questioned it when he let got, when he let guys walk like Lakin Tomlinson and Kwan Williams and DJ Jones. But man, when you look at it now, he did awesome with the depth because the depth on this football team is 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 outstanding. Like one through fifty three, man, we got guys that you can plug and play whenever, wherever, and we're winning football games. Yeah, we did mention last offseason that the depth was something they desperately needed to improve. And even after losing all those key guys, the depth has improved, which is kind of crazy to think of. Hassan Ridgeway has been a lot at defensive tackle. He's helped so much in the run game, and he's helped bring pressure to the quarterback. So, you know, guys like that, Kevin Givens has been a a staple for the Niners. He's been great this year, especially with Armstead and Kinlaw being out. One guy who's really stepped up, Drake Jackson, the rookie. Uh, yeah, second round he's pick. been good, man. He's looked good. He's explosive. If he's getting going, especially with Nick Bosa, he's going to get an increased amount of snaps. Charles Amenehu has looked great. Samson yep. Ebucom has been great this entire season. It's just consistently consistent from the D-line, how they're all coming out there. They all know that the job they got and they've been getting to the quarterback. It doesn't matter who your O-line is that we will get to your quarterback. And that's a scary thing. Not many teams can say that. Uh, but, you know, the, the defense has just been phenomenal all year. Tashawn Gibson's been great, especially, as you said, Jimmy Ward was in there for one play and then came out and now who knows how long he's going to miss with that broken hand. Hafunga has been one of, if not the best safeties in the league this year. That pick six to end the Rams game, uh, I don't think there was anything sweeter than that. Uh, You know, he's been there. Every time there's a play, 29 is in the zone. If it's a run, 29's there. If If it's a... Deep ball, 29's there covering it. And, you know, sometimes he's uh, pressuring the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. He had a sack last week. So, you know, I really can't stress enough how amazing this defense has been. Even with uh, Aziz Alshair going down, Demetrius Flanagan Foles has stepped up. He had a sack last game. He looked great in coverage. You know, it's just a next man up mentality with this defense. And D'Amico Ryan, if he doesn't get a head coach job, there's something wrong in this NFL. We just got to enjoy Miko while we have him. I've been yep. saying that for weeks, man. Like he, he is due what he's, what he's doing in these first five weeks is honestly, it's, 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 I mean, it's almost like D'Amico Ryan's is kind of finishing where Robert Sala started. If you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's Sala kind of built this, you know, when Sala came in here when we had nothing, right. And you saw him through one year, one through three, he built that defense from, we couldn't stop anybody to nobody could get anything past us. 
And D'Amico Ryans kind of took over that defense with a lot of these dudes like Freddie and Bosa and Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead. A lot of these guys that were there, and he's built it into this formidable force that's been ridiculous. Talanoa Hofunga, I mean this in the absolute best way possible. The dude is an absolute pest. Like, he is an offensive coordinator's worst nightmare. Like you said, he's everywhere. You put like you see him on the D line coming off a blitz. Like you're like, oh damn, this dude will get there in a second. Dude's in the middle of the field. Dude's in the backfield. Like he's everywhere. He's unbelievable. And the way that he sealed that Rams game, like you said, was just the the cherry on top on that game was phenomenal. And this secondary is still finding ways to stay afloat, even despite Jimmy Ward and Emmanuel Mosley being out. Something special, honestly, something special. Armstead, like you look at the injuries, man. It's like these are. It's not like these are just some guys going down. We got like key starters going down right now. You got E Man, Jimmy Ward, Armstead, Kinlaw, Trent, Elijah Mitchell, like Robbie Gold, Bosa. These are Nick, but Nick Bosa. Bosa will be all right. Like I'm not worried. Like it's groin tightness. Like like what's the worst that can happen? You sit him out for the Falcons game. So be it. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I'm not. Yeah. It's like, like, don't push it. We need him against Patrick Mahomes. We know that. Um, so be smart about it. If it's, if it's, you know, tightening up and he's feeling uncomfortable, don't put him against the Falcons, man. It's, it's not worth it. These, our depth will be just fine against them. Save them for the Chiefs and the Rams because those are the games that are going to matter a whole lot more. So I'm not worried about Bosa. If he's got to sit a week, let him sit a week. Um, that could be far worse, man. <laughs> when it comes to Nick Bosa, trust me, when he was on the sidelines, I was like worried. It's like growing tightness. I was like, Okay. I was like, I-, I can live with that. That's fine. Right. Again, like you want to sit him out a week, sit him out a week. That's fine. But yeah, Nick Bosa, like that, these are key guys going down for our team right now. So <clears throat> we got to hope and pray. Like I said, the only one, again, knock on wood, that's season ending has been Emmanuel Mosley. So hold down the fort until December, get all these dudes back and let's get ready to roll. Let's go win a chip. Like that's, that's how the Niners should be looking at it right now. Cause it could be a whole lot worse when you look at it this way. Um, but yeah, this game, and you know what, another thing I want to mention about this, this, this Carolina game, man, it's, it's, um, the run game. And you mm-hmm. mentioned it at the top of the episode and you had Jeff Wilson, 17 carries, 120 yards, one touchdown. Jeff Wilson, this dude is looking more and more and more like 2020 Jeff Wilson. Like this is the, and I think obviously last year he came off, uh, I think it was either I or the Pupless was one of them he came off in like week nine. So like he was still kind of getting back from that meniscus injury like he totally wasn't there he still balled out but like he wasn't 2020 Jeff Wilson where he was tearing it up Jeff Wilson's looking like that right now and then when you compliment him with not Jordan Mason not Ty Davis Price not Marlon Mack 36 year old Tevin Coleman bringing him back from the dead man I loved it I didn't know Tevin Coleman still had still had bursts like that but we need it more than anything right now. So, like, I, I thought that was an incredible surprise. That's the Shanahan way, man. He, he has his guys, and his guys never disappoint. And Tevin Coleman has been one of his guys when he's healthy. You know, I remember that game when Coleman, I think, went for three touchdowns, uh, 100 and something yards. It was a couple years ago. And man, Against the Carolina yeah. Panthers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. And, you know, Coleman, it was just really nice to have him back, especially with, you know, the lack of depth we've had at running back with all the injuries. He is definitely some uh, a sight for sore eyes. He was good in the passing game. He was good in the run game. You know, I, I'm just glad that Tevin Coleman is back, and he's probably going to be a nice change of pace back to complement Jeff Wilson Jr. But, yeah, as you mentioned, 
the 49ers offense runs off their run game. And we've seen the, our offense be stagnant the last couple of weeks without the run game there. So now that we're reestablishing the run game and able to build off of it, you see when we get to second and short, third and short, Jimmy G just has to release the ball quickly, get it into the hands of his playmakers, and they will do the rest. And that's exactly what you want and exactly what happens when the run game gets going. So as long as Jeff Wilson and Tevin Coleman can keep it up, I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be good for this offense. The big thing is Debo Samuel had a bit of a quiet game. Why? Because everyone knows that the ball is probably going to Debo Samuel. Oh, yeah. So what happens? He, uh, Jimmy started using other weapons. Brandon Ayuk only had three receptions and four targets, which you know I, I think is kind of low for Ayuk. But again, he he's mixing it up. Uh, Kittle had five receptions. It was really nice seeing Kittle back in this game and mm-hmm. back uh, you know on the reception side of the game. Jawan Jennings was great. Two big catches, forty-five yards total. Coleman, as I said, was in the receiving game. Juszczyk was in the receiving game. Danny Gray got a shot. So they're really uh, spreading the love. And that's exactly what you need to do to maybe get teams uh, guessing. And then you can give Debo the ball. You know, Debo still had a lot of opportunities, nine targets. Some of the throws were kind of yikes. There was one where he actually had to play DB and break up an interception. But, uh, you know, it, it, once you start uh, establishing that you're not just a Debo ran offense, that's when Debo will strike back. No, this offense is too versatile. Like that's like that's my thing. Like th- there's so many weapons that like, yeah, you can't be one dimensional. And we've seen it before. When the Niners go one dimensional, we lose. Um, and I refer back to that one game where we threw to Kittle like 17 times and everyone else, it was like one catch, one catch, one catch. Like you can't do that. And if you're going to go Debo, 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 everybody's going to know what's, you know, what's coming. Debo only had two carries for 12 yards. They finally slowed it down a little bit and just ran the rock with the running backs. Don't keep them guessing. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you have so many guys and it was really, 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 really encouraging to see 85 get back in the mix, like you said. They needed that really badly. Getting George Kittle back into the mix opens things up mightily. And that's the one thing that I wor- that I worried about at the beginning of the season with Trey at quarterback was Trey and George's chemistry because it wasn't wasn't quite there last year. And mind you, they only started two games. That's fine. Trey's young, whatever, whatever. But I was still kind of worried about that. But Jimmy and George got a lot of chemistry. And Jimmy also has got a lot of chemistry with Debo and JJ. And I think... It's funny because B.A. is supposed to be wide receiver too, but I almost feel like Jimmy doesn't have as much chemistry. with B- B- Everybody mm-hmm. thought B.A. was going to have a big year this year because Trey was supposed to be quarterback, and Trey and B.A. have a lot of chemistry. Um, I think if Jimmy really gets that connection with B.A., this offense could be unstoppable because we know what Debo can do. If you get George in the mix, we know what he could do. JJ's kind of that energizer. Like we every take we need like a big third down play. Yep. Jawan Jennings is kind of that guy that like he will get you that extra yard and he'll give you that play. And then when you got Jeff Wilson and Seven Coleman going in the run game, you got Juice getting involved a little bit in the pass game and the run game. If Jimmy and BA can get on the same page a little more, this offense is going to be absolutely ridiculous. And they're just hitting their stride right now. Sky's the limit. 37 points. This is what I was looking for. Mind you, take seven off the board from Emmanuel Mosley. 30 points. That's what I'm looking for from this 49ers offense. This was a much, much, much better game. I think Atlanta is going to give us a little more of a test. I'm not going to lie. The Falcons are 
they're they're not a great team, but they don't go away. And anytime we play the Falcons, it's always some kind of you know some kind of nonsense happens, and it's on the yeah. road too in an early game. I think we'll be fine. Like I'm not I'm not worried about it, but I think the Falcons will most definitely give the Niners a much better test than the Panthers did. The Falcons, you know, they're they're a bit of a a funny team this year. You know, they may be two and three, but they're five and zero against the spread. And you know what they say: good teams win, great teams cover. And the Falcons have been a great team covering every week. Even last week, they were down, I think, by twenty one yep. to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and they came back and almost won that game. They didn't win that game, but they were close. They were looking good. The Falcons, you know, you look at their roster and there is a lot of holes on that roster, but they do have some impact players. Marcus Mariota is back with Arthur Smith. He has been, you know, not necessarily the best quarterback. He only has four passing touchdowns and four interceptions. But uh, Drake London's been a good playmaker, that, a rookie. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, he hasn't had the best uh, year uh, under his belt with Mariota at the helm. So if he's healthy, maybe they look to him more and try and get him more involved. On defense, Grady Jarrett's been, you know, a staple in their defense for a while. A.J. Terrell, who came off probably his best year last year, looked like a cornerback one and has continued that this year. Casey Hayward, uh, you know, a veteran cornerback is going to be the other guy covering out there. So there, there's definitely players to watch on Atlanta. You know, no Cordero Patterson is very big. Uh, he's had a great start to the year, but ever since he went down, the run games kind of diminished with Algier and uh, Caleb Huntley. So there's definitely weapons and things to worry about, but kind of like the Carolina game, it is much more of an easier opponent than, than the Chiefs who we have in two weeks. So, you know, as much as uh, they can definitely give us more of a challenge, because, you know, they have been uh, coming back here and there and putting points on the board. They haven't necessarily been winning, although they do have two wins. So what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's and it's, it's funny, too, because that was kind of who the Falcons were last year, too. The Falcons were like seven and eight down the stretch. And we're like, how? Right? Like it just never made sense because they never had a lot of talent but yet they were still in games. And that's who the Falcons... It's almost like the, the Falcons didn't change from last year to this year. And I think you got to give a lot of credit to Arthur Smith because no one ever really gave the Falcons a lot of credit. Like, nobody ever thought much of them over the last two seasons. We thought last year they're going to, you know, go under a rebuild. Matt Ryan's going to leave, which he did. And then they're just going to tear it apart and then start from scratch, which is almost what they kind of did. But the thing is, the Falcons, they just keep fighting. So... It'll be interesting. That's what I'm saying. It's a it's a winnable game. The Niners should win this game, but the the Falcons. It's weird. It's either the Niners are going to kill them like they did last year, or it's going to be a lot closer than people think. It's usually one or the other when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons, and we're going to find that on Sunday which one. But if our if our defense continues the way that they've been playing, and our offense, you know, they can't be stopped. The Niners are going to be a very hard team to beat this year if they keep this up. Like. Again, we, we, we lost the Denver Broncos in a pathetic one-point affair, right? We, we lost the Bears by nine points in a monsoon. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yes, yep. we're three and two, but like in many, many ways, this team could be five and oh right now. And mind you, that was also Trey Lance's first start and then Jimmy Garoppolo's first start of the season. 
So you have kind of two things where it's like Trey was kind of, you know, get trying to get his footing set and the poor guy never got a chance to get his foot, you know, properly um, upright and said because he ended up getting hurt. Jimmy got that opportunity. Things didn't go well, but the last two weeks, the dude has looked flawless. So, and that's kind of Jimmy Garoppolo. If you really look at it again, we've known Jimmy long enough for now. We've watched enough of these games by now. Every game the Niners lose looks the same. The Niners, it's penalties. Jimmy Garoppolo turns the ball over. And the Niners always lose by like one point, two points, three points, or four points. It's never a blowout. It's never. The Niners are always right there. But they let their opponents stay in the game for long enough because of penalties and turnovers. And the Niners end up losing by like three points. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, the the recently we haven't been taking as many penalties especially we took too many penalties in the first game with the bears the discipline's definitely been there and you've seen it in the results uh you know it's been a low scoring affair because of that 19 points is the most we've given up you know 15 which we gave up this week was the second most we've given up you know what's ridiculous about uh our division specifically you know even though we're the only three and two teams and the other teams are close at two and three our point differential is plus 47. Every other team in our division is negatives and negatives by a decent amount. The Rams minus 36, the Cardinals minus 18 and the Seahawks minus 27. That tells you right there who is the dominant team in that division. And I have no doubt in my mind that we are going to be, you know, near the top of our division and in the playoffs by the end of the year. Is, is you just see clearly we have, if not the number one, a top three defense in the NFL right now. And our offense is coming around. Even if our offense isn't a top 10 offense and a top 15 offense, a middle tier offense, we will be able to win and we will be fine because of how great our defense is. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. This defense keeps playing like this. And like I mentioned, like five seconds ago, this team is going to be incredibly hard to beat. Um, looking at the NFC West, the Rams host these same Panthers who look like an absolute mess um, at home. I mean, I the Rams, the Rams did not look good once again. I mean, the Rams, yes, the Rams are two and three. They've lost three games, arguably, to the three best defenses in football in the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, and the 49ers. And the Rams have not scored more than 10 points against all three of those opponents. So, does that say more about the Rams or more about the defenses that they've played against? We're going to find out on Sunday because if the Rams truly want to get right, blow the Panthers out by 30 points at home, take out all your regression, your frustration and beat them out. But if this game for some weird reason ends up being like 27, 21 or like 23, 17, it's time to worry about the LA Rams for us. It's like, well, 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 we got one less team to worry about, but if you're a Rams fan or you're looking at the NFC, if the Rams don't put the Panthers away, there there's something wrong there. And then the Seahawks are hosting the Cardinals on Sunday as well. So somebody's going to lose there. So that's always good for us. And worst case, they end in a tie. That's beautiful as well. So win-win situation there. And then the Niners, of course, go to Atlanta. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. It's a big week in the NFC West. I really do think this is going to be another week where the Niners come out and show how dominant of a team they are. Although this is a potential for a trap game with the Chiefs and Rams coming up right after that. So that is something you always have to worry about because maybe you don't want your team to be focusing on the game 
the week after, especially taking on one of the best teams, if not the best teams in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I do think that we will take care of business with the Falcons, but it will probably be closer than we would like because we may be playing down to our competition because of the Chiefs next week. So that's something else to think about. Oh, yeah. And then next week's going to be nuts. I, I don't think the Niners are the team that's like that. Um, now, having said that, it's happened before, and it was against the Falcons in 2019. Um, so we'll see what happens here, but I, I don't think so. I think they know what's at stake here, and they can't do this. Like, don't, like, you already screwed up once against the Bears. You screwed up again against the Broncos. You can't screw up again against the Falcons. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to lose another mm-hmm. football game this season, let it be against a, a good team, right? A down to the wire game. You're fighting hard and you, you barely lose and whatever. Don't lose another stupid game to a team you're not supposed to lose against. You know what I'm saying? I want more of this this Carolina kind of game with these bad teams. You you got to do that, man, because the games are only going to get harder for the rest of the season, right? You got the Chargers coming up, the Chiefs, um, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins. You got a lot of tough games coming up here down the stretch, so. You got to take care of business against teams that you're supposed to take care of business, just like this Carolina game. So, I don't know, man. We'll find out. Should be a fun one here against the Falcons, but next week should be a lot of fun against Kansas City. That should be a ooh. That's I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm quite mentally prepared uh, for that. We, we for that still magic. got a week. I mean, it's been it's been two and a half years <laughs> since 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 you know yeah. since since the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. But like you know, I mean, I'm more talking about that. I'm not talking about the game itself. Like I'm focused on the Falcons here. But oh, oh man, that should be fun. That's what I'm saying, man. We need we need 97 for that one. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like, forget the Falcons game. Who gives a damn? Like we need. I know he like the dudes that were on that 2019 team, and I'm like low key kind of glad. That Jimmy is starting this game. You know what I'm saying? For guys that felt that, and Tevin Coleman included, guys that felt that pain, you get another shot at these boys again in the regular season. Who who very well knows? Maybe they meet again in Glendale. Who the who the hell knows? But it should be fun. Um, but we'll we'll get to that one next week. And we'll see what these boys do against Atlanta um this week, one o'clock Eastern time. Um, Fox. Um, Chevy, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Final thoughts, we're going to go into Atlanta. We're going to have a defensive game. We're going to hold them to, uh, you know, field goals only, no touchdowns. And, you know, the offense is going to continue to run, and they're going to establish the run early. Uh, speaking of field goals, that's a, that's a good um, good point, that if, if Robbie Gold is not ready to go, it looks like I think we signed um, Sam yeah, Sloman. Sam yeah, yeah so it was, again, I, I don't know much about the dude. I know he was for the Rams, I think it was last year or something. He was fairly decent, so... I mean, look, it, anybody's going to be better than 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 uh, Wisnowski. I mean, no offense. I love the dude. The dude is an absolutely exceptional punter, but holy crap. That 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 um, that field goal attempt or extra point attempt, whatever it was, oh, Lord have mercy. I was lucky we were up by like 20-something points. I, I just sat back and laughed. Like, that was absolutely hilarious. If it was a close game, I probably would have cried. But, man, that was, uh, yeah, things, things could have got a lot, a lot worse over there, so... We'll see what happens at the with the kicking game, and I'm sure the Niners will figure that out um, just fine. So that'll do from this episode of the 49er Way Podcast. Niners-Falcons on Sunday. Let's see if the Niners can improve to 4-2 and two and remain in first place in the NFC West. And we will see y'all next week. And don't forget to give the 49er Way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the 49 Away Podcast. We got a lot more Niners content coming your way, so make sure to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.